Todd and Rob in the afternoon. Hey, afternoon delight. With Todd and Rob. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and Happy New Year, Rob. How are you? I'm doing terrific, Todd. It's great to be in 2024, I think. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much stuff out there in the world now. It's like, um, what's next is really the next thing. So it's like, um, what kind of waves of disenfranchisement are we going to see in the podcasting space? There's been a lot of talk about, you know, how people, some people are upset that other people are saying, you know, given, given a bad name to podcasting now, you know, because financially things have been tough. So it's, it's kind of an interesting landscape right now of a lot of discussion about where the podcast medium is now and what the future looks like and what we've been through and everybody's got a little slightly different take on it. And I don't know if, you know, if we want to talk about some of that stuff today, but it might be an interesting thing for us to dive into a little bit. We can, but I just want to let everybody know we are lit and live on those new yeah. podcast apps at podcastapp.com. We're on a new, I changed everything. Um, we're on a new streaming, I guess not necessarily platform, but interface. I tested yesterday. And I, we should be coming through audio-wise. So if any of you are listening on any of the podcasting apps, please, uh, uh, please, you know, ping back and let me know that uh, the live and lit is working as as it was supposed to. Um, and basically, the the audio stream is where the changes were made. So, uh, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, uh, everything settled kind of in with the new hardware. So nothing new on that. But you know, for be honest with you, Rob, I was um, reflecting yeah. and, and getting into your point. I, you know, here we are, and, and I'm going to say we're officially heading into, you know, August in my calendar, and I think in most podcasters' calendar, you know, besides what James says, um. And and by the way, uh, don't eat me, James Cridlow. Um, I, I consider 2024 the true 20th year in podcasting, and in yeah. you know, and really, this is this is 20 years ago. This is when things really kicked really off, to, and to really kick off. I yeah, agree. yeah. So as we march to both the you and I, your and I, I guess I'm speaking proper English today uh 20th anniversaries um you in late september me in early october um you know i really i kind of made it a point that i i kind of made a decision and i put a facebook post up i announced in blueberry group i announced in the podcast movement group that i i i i'm gonna do just like i do on this show and it's gonna be a no bullshit year in not that we don't do that already but i just you know i get into so many of these groups and i hear stuff and i just cringe and i cringe and i cringe on the advice the content creators get i've got i'm 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 at a point where i'm just gonna start saying hey if you wanna if you want real advice and no filter 
um, I, I'm going to tell you how it is and what you're going to have to do. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to set up a private group. And those that want to be in that private group will meet every couple of weeks and have an open discussion. And I'm just going to, this year, I, I'm just, I, I, I uh, so often now, you know, there's lots of pundits, like you said, oh, podcasting's dying. And I think there needs to be, um, I, I think I've earned my placement in the point to be able to give my opinion and, and know something, what I say is, you know, I talk to podcasters weekly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, and, and you do too. And it's a situation now where I don't think a lot of people really understand the ground truth on what's happening with, you know, podcasters. And, and I think I'm going to adopt something that Adam Curry said. I'm going to stop. There are no indie podcasters. There are podcasters. And yeah. whatever level you're at, um, all struggle this, the same exact way. And yeah. Well, especially now. <laughs> it's not like really even these bigger companies have as much of an advantage as people think they do, or at least they used to because they had big budgets. Now they're, they're back doing it like everybody else has been doing for a long time. Right. They and, have to be responsible. And on a few right. people like were congratulating me and it's not about the congratulations. That's, that's, yeah. let's just leave that, you know, let's leave that behind. Let's, mm -hmm. let's, let's set this space up. Let's set podcasting up to move forward for the next 10 years. Let's, yeah, let's. It, yeah. It's gotta be built on a foundation. Uh, that's, that's solid and, and people understand and, and is clear. I, I think, you know, I agree with you, Todd. I think that there is this kind of undertow that's been, it's happened before. Yeah. And you and I have seen this happen before. I don't think it's as significant. And, I think we're seeing more naysayers than we ever have. You know, people like to pile on to a good party, you know, when podcasts, oh, podcasting, dying. Yeah, well, it's not. Well, I think we've fallen, a, you know, in, in perception, we've fallen quite a bit. Um, whether or not that's really based on real data and real reality, I just think that we got to be, you know, so hyped up about w what this medium was doing and what it was accomplishing that it was a little beyond kind of where it really was all along. Um, and, and people were doing things that were probably not smart to begin with, um, with this medium, given this, um, this enhanced feeling about the medium that somehow it was, you know, in the gold age or something like that, that, that we had to, you know, do things so much differently than we've always done them. Uh, and, and that's also coming out right now too. It's like, since the industry's down a little bit in its perception, it's like, well, now we got to redo everything, right? <laughs> right. You know, you know, RSS needs to go away and we need to go more proprietary because that's the only way we're going to come back. I mean, I'm hearing that kind of rhetoric too. And it's like, well, why throw the baby out with the bathwater? <laughs> you know, let's. The, you know, RSS is what built this medium. Why do you want to throw it out as a solution to a downturn? It just doesn't make it, any sense. And, and the thing is, it's, it's, there are solutions to address many of the concerns. Of the things that they say about RSS, right. So, but yet 
they've ignored. Nobody wants to do it, right? Yeah, they've yeah. ignored those, uh, uh, you know, these new adoptions and some of the stuff we're doing in podcasting 2.0. But I think that the we need to remember, and I think podcasters are starting to wake up to this, that, and, and I, I'm going to be very, very frank here. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to go along a party line. You can't trust YouTube at this point. You you can't trust them to do the right thing because Google has a history of not doing the right thing. For number one, if you want to have a YouTube well, channel, Todd, Todd, also just another layer on top of that. Can we ever or should we ever trust any huge corporation that has no. a lot of power and control? I and, think is the bigger thing. Right? And we 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 had a show today that is making the move over to uh, a platform that shall not be named that has been promised uh, a bunch of money. And um, we basically said, okay, um, we recommend that you don't shut your down account down here. Um, you know, we're going to leave the lights on for you. Mm-hmm. And um, as soon as the grass isn't greener on the other side of the fence, you can come back. And, but there's this demand, oh, you have to move to our platform. You can't be hosted anywhere else. You have to be hosted over here. And that's fine and dandy. Um, they can make the move, but time and time and time again, we've seen people leave. And then a couple of months later, they come back because they, yeah. you know, the, the grass wasn't greener on the other side of the fence. So if we look at what Spotify has done, um, again, you're being contents being you're being monetized. Your contents being monetized around you. Mm-hmm. Um, your audience members are paying to be over there. Um, and again, it's 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 a it's a closed ecosystem. It's a monopoly. So we don't care. And I again, I go on the I go on the on the mantra. Go ahead and distribute to all those places. It's all good. I'm not naysaying not being on YouTube. I'm not naysaying don't be on Spotify. I'm not saying that. But I'm right. saying is don't forget um, that these folks are not your friend. They 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 don't care about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should care about yourself and care about your brand. And, and it doesn't matter where your host is, as long as you control your RSS feed, mm-hmm. um, you're good. Now, of course, I, I'm, I'm biased. I want them over on Blueberry, but not all of them are going to move. That's fine. And um, those shows that are chasing money are going to chase money. And again, I, you know, I have serious, serious uh, concerns on that space, too. Because I don't think 2024 is going to be any better money-wise on the advertising side. They can say all they want. Oh, spending's going to be up and everything's going to be good. But um, it's just like the news. There's no recession. We're not in a slowdown. Um, Yet we had 8% uh, inflation the year before, 4% compounded again this year, whatever it's going to be. So you're compounding inflation, people are tight, uh, budgets are tight. Uh, I, I just come off the holidays talking to a lot of people, and I talked about on the last show, 
Uh, maybe it's good in your neighborhood. But yeah. So I think 2024 is going to be another rough year. I, I, I hope not. I hope it pulls out and we have make a major recovery and, you know, everything turns to, you know, to gold. But, you know, wish in one hand and poop in the other and see what you get first. So, <laughs> and that's not even. That's an interesting analogy. I haven't yeah. heard that one before. Well, my, my, da <laughs> my dad would use another term and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't right. poop. You know, you <laughs> wish in one hand and. And I, and I think that um, we need to set realis realistic expectations. Yeah. And here's the thing. When I was in the Navy, there was this term that we like to use. It was called sustained superior performance. If you maintained sustained superior performance, you would get promoted. If you were average, you wouldn't get promoted very quickly. And if you are below average, you would fall behind. Right. So you have to have sustained superior content. And that sustained superior content has to bring value to your listeners mm -hmm. to make them want to tune in and listen again. Yeah. If your content is average, they're going to go find something else to listen to. And it doesn't matter all the tricks and you, know, you can go to PodFest and go to podcast movement, all the stuff that they talk to you about and how to build shows. Well, you can wish in one hand and poop in the other that you're, you're going to wish that you have a great show. Well, that wish needs to be sustained superior content. So yeah, I, I think these things aren't new. No. These things have been the criteria for podcasting since podcasting started. But, so it's, yeah. But I don't think, and I took some time, mm -hmm. and, and this is time I'll never get back. I specifically only watched, and boy, my amygdala needs shrinking. I purposely watch stuff on the platform that shall not be named that called themselves a podcast. And I'm going to be honest with you, what a train wreck some of this stuff is. Absolutely. Are you talking about the content or the, the platform? The content is an absolute okay. train wreck. Six, right. seven people all talking on top of each other. And it was nothing more than... And I understand what, in my opinion, on why some of those shows were popular is because they were like CNN or MSNBC or Fox. They were, they were providing chaos entertainment. Yeah. And extreme speculation. <laughs> Decisiveness between, and it was right. dating, it was relationships, it was yep. sports. I mean, and, and to be honest with you, it must attract a certain demographic of listeners because to me, I got nothing out of it. There was no, you know, one forty-two minute program that I listened to, tried to, and I had no takeaways from that. 42 minutes except people bashing each other 
you know, unfortunately our media landscape has um, digressed into, um, I know, emotional kind of topics um, that drive division, right. In, in, in perspective. Now, granted, I think we're all in favor of free speech and we all would love everybody to say anything and everything that they want to. Um, and I think that, that still exists to some degree in podcasting. And I think that that, that is a good thing that, that this medium is kind of open to all sorts of views and, and, and topics. And so, I think it's, it's its strength. So while that format may work over there on that platform, right. I think people that listen, mm -hmm. and maybe I'm wrong, I think they want to be educated and listen to constructive conversation. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I think, well, I think also that, you know, this was probably a couple decades ago that mainstream media, if that's what we're talking about here, had um, kind of shifted their news departments to be part of the entertainment right, department. Right, right. right. So you had this shift in priorities, really, uh, around building audience, not delivering journalism. Right. And, and I think once we headed down that path, we kind of had this blended experience of, uh, of, driving people to extreme emotions was the goal because that's what they learned in the data, that that's what kept people watching. And not so much like the old days when journalism wasn't, those programs weren't sponsored, right? There, there, there were no advertisers that they, they weren't part of the entertainment side and they certainly didn't have a connection to the ad sales side. Um, so, so, but now all those things are munged together into one thing. And so that's where we've started to see the decline of the, the mainstream media because they lost all of our trust. And, and that's where podcasting and online, online video and stuff has really picked up and is really moving the ball forward now is because all these independent voices have felt the need and the desire to share other, other views that weren't aligned with the corporate agenda. So, you know, going back to 2024, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I think we just have to, again, mm -hmm. go back and say, it, it's about content. Yeah. And yeah. We, we have to have a double down on the understanding that the content is king. and. Right. Yes, you can help yourself with a whole bunch of other stuff, which you have to do. Yeah, you have to think about distribution too um, and how your content aligns with the distribution side. Um, are you reaching the right kind of viewer or listener in the right demo group to the kind, kind of content you're creating too? And Again, you know, with, this, only, with only 0.5%, of podcasters yeah. doing true video podcasts that are available via RSS. Yeah. yeah. Again, I, right. I'm, I'm not going to get wrapped around the, the ankle here by talking about video that much because again, very, 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 very few shows are being successful doing video and yeah. Okay. You might be getting a discovery or two, which I doubt. Well, I think that, that's the distinction, Todd, that, that your point is well taken is that 
you know, what is the success of the video side of what you're doing? And is that important to you too? Is success, what does success look like too? You know, th- these are complicated questions. Now, to success answer. to success to every podcast I talk to about growth, about growing an audience. Okay. It's rarely yeah. that anyone has, you know, rarely does, at least when I go into the initial conversation, right. You know, you know, what are we talking about? I want to grow my show. And then I flip it around on them. And then we've talked about this, a previous show. I say, okay, what's the, what's the goal? What is the true goal of the show? And if you can get them to get the content creator to think about the goal, Mm -hmm. then sometimes the growth isn't as important because then you get them to focus on the goal. Yeah. And and then look at the small wins. You know, look at when you reach a hundred, reach when you reach five hundred. Look when you reach a thousand listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you know, visualize what that looks like. And you know, if you're going to go up and speak in front of five hundred people, what you, are you prepping like you are going to go and talk in front of five hundred people? It's just like the podcast presentation. I'm preparing. To, to stand in front of 500 people, there won't be that many people at my session. There might be 50 or 100 if I'm lucky. Yeah. But still, I'm prepping as if I'm going to be talking to 500 people to be able to influence 500 people. I'll spend more time on that presentation than I'll ever spend on a single episode of Geekness Central or this show. Because I'll, I'll have spent, you know, probably 20 hours getting ready for that that presentation. So, you know, this is, this is the thing we have to think about. If I'm going to spend 20 hours getting ready to present in front of 500 people. And yet when you and I sit down here and do this show, we're reaching over 10,000 content creators. We, we don't do any prep, but should we? And then again, is the, is the, advice I'm giving, you know, am I drinking my own Kool-Aid? Um, but again, my goal is not necessarily to grow my podcast. Um, at least on the tech show. So I, I don't know. I just, you know, I got to thinking about it and, and really there's three or four things that triggered it. Yeah. I think it, there's a lot of, a lot of variables, um, that each, content creator needs to assess, right? Um, that there's a lot of, a lot of different ways of doing this. And I think that's the strength of, of online media is that it it is kind of a blank canvas of opportunity, right? Um, you can create and do what you want. If, if you are passionate about video, do video. If you're passionate about audio, do audio. And if you're passionate about both, do both, you know, I don't think anybody's stopping anybody from doing anything here. It's just, you know, your own values, your own strategy, your own approach. It's kind of like starting a new, new company, right? Um, come up with your strat, your unique strategy, your unique approach and implement it and get it, get it done and be like you say, Todd, do it consistently and, and keep trying new things all the time, you know, and, and see what works and, if it doesn't work in some period of time, then, you know, hang up the microphone. But, you know, that, that shouldn't be how you go into it is thinking that that will be what you will do 
20 episodes in potentially or something like that. And, 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 so at, this, to, right. and at the same time, I'm just so sick and tired of consultant doublespeak. Yeah. And people are so willing, so willing just to, just to, okay. It's like, follow me in, follow me into the raging river. We will be able to get across. Don't worry. It's only, it's only six inches deep, but it's running a hundred miles per hour. Don't worry. We can get across. Come on. That's right. You put one foot in it and you're gone. And, and, you know, and then three days later, they're fishing your body out, (laughs) you know, three miles downstream, you're wrapped around a log and you drowned in three inches of water. So, you know, I'm just sick of this. No, it's true. You, you, you know, and, and, well, and well, that's how it's being portrayed out there is what that, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, you know, a treacherous landscape of, of things to do and not do. And I think a lot of people just don't get started because they're, they're just flustered with the whole process and, and how complicated it can be. And I hate to say it going to that point. It's not that difficult. Right. Well, and it's a valid question to ask is, should I do it too? You know, I know that there's been some folks in the industry that, that have pointed out and it's sometimes controversial is the question is, should you do an online show? Right. I mean, do you, but, but we're not even really talking want to do it or are you following it? Because somebody said, we're, that, we're not even talking about live. We're just talking about someone that's yeah, in their closet, any online media recording, the, recording their right. content. I, I think that we have an opportunity here right. to to tell to just give people this understanding that it's going to take work. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. that's the ultimate thing. And again, I go back to you know, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm watching stuff on, and. I often will go back into people's back inventory mm-hmm. and I'll go way back, especially on, especially on the platform that will not be named. I will go back mm-hmm. as far as I can into 10 years ago when they were a nobody creating right. content and they had 10 views and then 20, then a hundred then 450 and that's like five years to get to 450. Actually, I think that's a terrific example, Todd, um, because a lot of people see these very popular um, YouTubers or podcasters or whatever. And they, they, they think that this happened overnight and oftentimes <laughs> it didn't. Right. If you go right. back and look at their archives, which that's, what's great about podcasting is you can do that. Um, you can do it on where you, they started. You can do right? it on the platform that shall not be named either. Do it on this one. <laughs> well, but you can't go, to some degree. but you can't go look at their stats. Right. Which is, yeah, but you can tell by the production, like, you know, how they did it, all that kind of stuff like that. I know, I mean, you can go back and look at the, the early radio show that I did back in 1999. It's still available as an MP3 file off my website. Um, like February 7th of 1999 was the first radio show that I did live live radio show that is recorded and still available out there. And you can see where, 
where I started on this path. And, and that's the same thing you can do with a lot of these big content creators and, and just kind of skip forward, you know, like a year after that and a year after that, if they've done it that long and, and see how they've changed, see how they've improved and, or, or not gone the other way. (laughs) Leland says in the, uh, on the Facebook chat, he says, I tried to do that in the Shawasi to save a rowboat. Was a good uh, call on my part. Thank God for low hanging branches. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Um, so I think that you and I have lived and breathed this medium 24 hours a day, seven days a week for since the beginning. 20 years, right. Okay. And it's remarkable. <laughs> it's yeah. remarkable how many times I answer the same question again and again and again and again. Yeah. And I've gotten to the point where sometimes my responses to people, they take, take back a little bit because they're well, like, that's not what they expected. Well, that was, that was rough. <laughs> yeah. And so here's the bottom line. I'm going to have a private group. You want to be part of the group, send me a message. You can follow or take or leave the advice I'm going to give you, whether take it or leave it. And I'm going to talk about the trials, tribulations of everything that's happened to me personally over the past 19 plus years. And we'll have frank, hard discussions about your content, Your content, your content. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's going to be a no bullshit perspective. So take all these other naysayers. I see the numbers. Matter of fact, we're going to start, Blueberry's going to start putting out our own report. It's going to be unique. We're working on getting the first version of it out. We ran the data yesterday, and we'll talk about what happened in December in a few days. So do you say your report, is it around metrics? and It's going to have a whole bunch of stuff in it. Okay. And we tried to come up with something. Some of the stuff would be some of the repeat other people do, but some of it's, we're trying to get some unique perspectives of from the data sets we have. And um, I, I think that that's going to go along with setting some of the narrative of some of these discussions is just, you know, a hard reality. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to make anyone quit. This is, this is. No, if not the obvious, I mean, the, the opposite. Right. Of this is today. People get off on the right foot. This is today. And, I, and I've been saying this for six months or nine months or whatever it's been. It's the best time ever to be a podcaster. It is absolutely, unequivocally the best time. Yeah, because hopefully in the future, there will be an upside here. Um, right, right. We've seen a significant drop-off in the amount of active shows and people publishing new episodes. So whenever you see that... Um, there's always a down, but that also means that eventually it's just like the stock market. If you stick around long enough, it'll 
it'll pop up higher and that's what's going to happen. I mean, this happened back in 2008 and nine where we saw a big fall off of content creators. And that's where a lot of the most popular podcasts, they all started back in that time. Frame. Yeah. Leela and they says, kept growing. Right. Another comment Leela said, wishing you both a happy new year. Be sure to get in on the latest declaration. I don't know what that is. Declaration. Yeah. Leland, you're going to have to clueless in. I don't know what that is. Eileen, happy new year to you as well. Thank you for uh, chiming in on YouTube. So did you see the, the, the news on generation Z, which is the younger, younger side of the podcast community. I think it's the, was it the 18 to 24 age group? Um, the Gen Z biggest podcasters are all working from bed. <laughs> Did you see the headline of why, that? Why would they say that? Why is that? Why is it so demeaning? <laughs> well, it says it cuts down on room echo or something like that. I, I don't believe that, but but it's it's We're, just an interesting from bed. Take. That that is that is like the ultimate demeaning. Yeah. Who wrote that? I agree with you. Uh, let's see. Let's see where that came from. Let's see here. Working from fast company of all places. It says why Gen Z's biggest podcasters are working from bed. I have, I have a bunch of kids in the 18 to 24 year old range. And you know what they're doing? They're working their butts off because they are trying to survive in this cruel world right now that is or costs have went up. They, they, they are not, they're not working from bed. So the first sentence of this article, uh, in fast company is, uh, this, uh, a woman, I'm not going to mention her name. Um, she's an iconic 90 supermodel, I guess. Uh, I'm not sure how that's a Gen Z, but, Maybe. Yeah, I guess it could be. Um, says, wouldn't get out of bed for anything less than $10,000 a day. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's the first paragraph of this article. It says, now a new generation of young media personalities are finding they don't have to leave bed at all to make bank. In fact, for some, the bed has become the broadcast set of choice and the strategy to connect with audiences in a whole new way, Todd. All right. I'm trying to go back in my comments here. I, I must've missed it. He posted to You want to read this on your show right now was sent out at 4 a.m. on January 1st. Okay. I can't, I don't know if I can go back and read the old comments. I guess I got to refresh the page. How do I see this? Oh, what was it called again? Oh, oh, I don't know if we can talk about this on the show. Oh, okay. I mean, just to kind of put a little cherry on top of this Gen Z article, um, you know, for, for many years and there, there are a lot of successful podcasts and this is a true fact. And I'm not saying that what's being said here isn't true. I'm just saying that a lot of podcasts have been recorded in closed closets. Yeah. Yeah. 
I've done because of the sound buffering effect. Oh, I have recorded in some weird. I've you know I've used pillows off a bed, not in the bed. Yeah, or shipping blankets hanging on the walls, or all sorts of stuff. I've done all that stuff too. Yeah, won't get out of bed for less than ten thousand dollars a day. Well, you know what? I hope they're taking that money that they're making when they do get out of bed and investing it well. (laughs) Right. Where those? The question. Where would you invest your money now? Yeah. Leland, I don't know if that's a uh, topic for the show or not. I will, I will review it after the show. Thanks for putting it on the linking it in the, in the podcast. Hmm. Uh, Eileen says, do you all remember what we used to call sleep blabs? Oh, blab. Was it blabs that where people were falling asleep on? Is that another way of saying it was boring content? Is that what they're saying? <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, I do say, and I, you know, that, and Todd, we've had this discussion a lot over the last month or more about video and things. And I, I do hear this, this across the industry, you know, rhythm around video. I mean, everybody's kind of like, that's the hot thing now. Right. Well, knock themselves uh, out. And I think that that's being driven by what, what the unnamed platform is. The, the YT platform, uh, is, has driven that change in people's kind of perspectives. If you listen to this show, right. You have been warned. <laughs> You've been, well, yeah, you've been I, warned that, you know, just tread, carefully and make sure that it's not a waste of your time. Right. That's the, yeah, that's the takeaway because believe me doing. So when I do, when I, when I go on the road and travel and we just do audio, the production time for this show is remarkably short. I'm done like 20 minutes (laughs) after we finish the show, I'm, I'm done. It's right. put up, transcripts run, the, you know, got, the sh- it's, it's, it's easy. Right. It's very easy to, to, to get, but if, anytime you're doing video, then that's an hour at least. And I, and I'm a minimalist editor as it is. Don't do no color correction, nothing. We just, we just rock and roll with it. And it, it's going to be more time. It's going to be more time. So uh, they do have a, a, a photograph of a bunch of podcasters doing their podcasts in bed on this article. Oh, please. We don't want to see that. that that's probably AI <laughs> generated anyway. Oh, so it looks pretty real actually. So but, here's okay. So. All right. Here, the here, set for the new generation. Here, here is, here is some hard hitting, no BS advice. If oh, you're hard if, hitting. Wow. If okay. you're laying in bed doing your podcast, your diaphragm right. number one is compressed. Number two, are you really going to be in the mood to give a high energy show? The real, to be honest with you, the best podcasters don't do their show sitting down. They do it standing up. Now Rogan sits down and others, but a lot of people do their show standing up. Well, that's certainly been a technique in broadcast radio for a long yeah, time. Yeah, because it's 
it just allows you to have more energy for the right. show. Plus, they also usually keep keep the temperature like down to like sixty five degrees. <laughs> so you're like, so you got to you know, keep you wide keep. awake. You're not, you know, getting sleepy <laughs> because it's too warm, right? right? <laughs> so, you know, I I don't advise that doing your podcast from a bed. But you know, if you're just talking about, you know, you know, it's this concept, Todd, and I've I, I've explored this a little bit with my work with the Nomano platform. Uh, around the the kind of more casual recording environment, so you can get in with some of the newer technology that's coming out, um, where it creates more podcasts that I would consider to be more conversational, not interviews per se. Um, and I, I think that's kind of what's going on there to some degree is that it's kind of casual conversations between a group of people. You know, like it showed in some of the pictures, it showed like four people all in bed together. Um, it just so happens that they were under the covers, you know, it, it could have been at a regular studio, but it just so happened to be in somebody's bed. So I don't, what was, I don't know. What's, I mean, what was the, uh, topic of the show? Well, that's I, this particular <laughs> show. I saw the picture of it was all women all sitting around young women, all sitting around talking. So maybe they were talking about. You know, their relationships and their, their relationships or their boyfriends or what they were talking well, about. This was some of the stuff yeah. I was watching on YouTube over the weekend. And yeah, it's probably very similar to that. You know, maybe that's the next thing coming to YouTube is uh, video podcasts from podcasters in bed. So, so we'll have to see if that's the next big trend here, Todd. <laughs> but, you know, some of the stuff that was being said on some of these shows both women and men well, I, I there was right. no there's no way i would even get into those topics because it's like do they want jobs in the future because some of the stuff that was being said i'm like if i'm a future employer and i see that yeah but todd i think you have to think about the the changing culture of the next generation too yeah, it's true, coming too. up it's it's not they can it's get not they gonna can be the same as our they can get away with it. it. I sure can. Right. And you know. And I think increasingly I think the younger generation has been able to get away with this stuff up until recently. Um, increasingly because of the labor market. And um I think that has changed. So I don't know if that means that employers are gonna be more stringent on what they are looking for in hiring going forward, but that may change things. You're exactly right, Todd, that that could be a fallout from this is that relaxed kind of approach to your external persona and your external perception, you know, people being a little too casual in what they're doing and maybe not looking professional um, may hurt people in the future, but well, and, and you know, maybe not. not and not to too. mention across the board, there was a whole, mm -hmm. and, and, and I don't, Again, I, I, I'm just an old white guy. Right. Don't, but, but don't listen to me. Right. Yeah. But, <laughs> but some of the stuff to me was like, where did you go to school? Well, where, that's, where, that's opening a Pandora's box, right? <laughs> given, given what we've been seeing happen with the president of Harvard here the last couple of days, right? Oh, I, I'm not even talking about any of that, but I'm just, I, I know, I just but like, that's an indication of what's going on here. I, 
Yeah. I, I'm old. So just, it is what it is. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm trying to see the world through yeah, I'm too. different people's I, eyes. And I too. know you are too. I'm trying. And, yep. But also, you know, see it from a very practical perspective too. And knowing that, you know, I guess it depends on the audience that you're trying yeah, to yeah, reach yeah. with your show. For sure. And that's, that's what the bigger. That, it, you know, and some of those shows were definitely, you know, 18 to 26 yeah, if or you're 27 speaking crowd. to an audience that appreciates you doing your podcast from your bed, right. um, then, you know, or thinks that's cool or thinks that's fun or whatever the rationale is, they could grow an audience doing that, uh, because it's something different, right? It's something yeah. unique. And we're, we're always looking for content creators to do something new or something. Well, some of these guys, innovative, better, maybe <laughs> some of these guys better pray their shows do very, very well and, and bring in a lot of revenue because otherwise. Well, they're going to, this article said is that the, the most popular Gen Z podcasters or some of the most popular are doing it from their beds. So and I, well, again, it, this, some most stuff I was watching was not coming from a bed, but you know, some of the panel discussions were such that I was just like, you better pray you have a great show. Otherwise you're, it's going to be a long, lonely road in the workplace. <laughs> right. You better be a good, really good entertainer for a very long time. Um, a lot of, a lot of younger people, I believe are, are struggling to find careers and they're increasingly looking to being influencers or co online content creators as a, as a career path. Um, and certainly podcasting is part of the mix now. Um, so I guess, you know, I guess we have to be careful about discouraging. Oh, I don't want to discourage because, nobody. You because know, we want them to be the, the next generation of content creators. Well, and, and, um, and again, you know, right. I, I'm never one to say, don't do content that you, it's, you know, this, exactly. this thing about this medium is then the beauty about this medium remains. You do whatever you want. Right. Knock yourselves right. out. And they will, <laughs> whether we like it or not, you know, have a good time. You know, I, I, yeah. I'm not one to judge, you know, I, well, just, I can, I, maybe I have been judging, but guess what? Go ahead. <laughs> well, you're, well, I think you're looking at it from the perspective of, of, you know, success and yeah. performance of what you're doing, what's going to work. Right. Yeah. And I guess part Part of what I'm saying is I'm not always hundred percent sure that I know. I don't either. what that because I can't what talk. That's, right. I can't you talk know. to that audience. That's a different generation, you know, that. Right. But I do and, know that I do know that again, based upon the breadth of content being created out there, mm -hmm. that you should strive to be, have, you know, put the work in to have great, content that gives great value back right i i felt no need to give any donations to any of those shows but some of those shows had that super chat thing going on and they were getting 50 bucks and 100 and i was like people are giving money for this i am i guess they're getting value so so where's our super chat todd uh <laughs> it's right here right here and you send your boost it's called Satoshi's. Yeah. Right? Send yeah. your boost using one of those new podcast apps. <laughs> yep. Beauty bubble says, uh, the sleeping blabs brought a lot of people together. Sorta. 
Todd, it's practically a prerequisite to demonstrate you know how to sleep on the job. It's <laughs> <laughs> an awesome point, Beauty Bubble. I appreciate that. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's on uh, on YouTube. So, I, yeah, you know, I, mean, I, I think, you know, as we head into 2024 here, as, as we are into 2024, I think that there's just um, more of the same. I'll be speaking about podcasting 2.0 at PodFest. That's my topic. We're going to be doing a live event at PodFest. We're going to be doing a new media show there. You've got a, a podcast host provider that's from India. Is that what you said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be joining us. So we're going to hear about the international scene a little bit. Yep. And um, I'll get, I'll get one other person up there too, that can give us a kind of a unique perspective on the industry. So, and then the hall of fame announcement will come next Monday. You think? On Monday. Right. Correct. At least that's the current plan anyway. All right. Awesome. Yeah. So, so all, all will be disclosed at that point. <laughs> I will be at CES. So uh I'll leave Friday for Vegas. Matter of fact, so I'm, I'm assuming that we're not doing a show next Wednesday. No, no, impossible. You can do one on your own if you want. You yeah. get somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll probably wind up doing doing a show maybe covering the Hall of Fame. Oh. So oh that bring the other Rob on. I'll I haven't pulled that together yet, but that might be a good good idea todd i appreciate mm. that yeah that's a good idea i can ask rob if he can join yeah so i think that will be a interesting conversation yes it will be an interesting conversation it's been interesting to try and pull pull that event together um again it used to be with podcast movement um that's where it was started uh and then it this year this past year it moved to uh podfest so we've had to create a whole nother kind of organization around trying to put on the event. So I think we leaned a lot on podcast movement to do a lot of that. Um, but this year it's kind of on our plates to pull all the details together. Well, sounds like a good time is being had by all. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and we may still call on you, Todd, to help out if we can. All right. Or if yeah. we need to. Absolutely. So, and so anyway, so that's, that's going on. And like, like I said, we're doing a new media show. Actually, that's on the, the, the new media show is like three 30 in the afternoon on the 25th of January. And the, um, the hall of fame starts at 7 PM on the 26th, which is Friday. I think my, my session is on. I have to go back and look at the calendar, but I think I'm Friday as well for my session. Oh yeah, late afternoon. Yeah, so I don't know who I'm going head to head with yet. I got to go look at that. But it's going to be interesting to see what the turnout is. Um, yeah, well, at the event this year, considering the parties involved uh, that I know, it should be fun. Yeah. Oh, it. Well, it's always a fun event to yeah. go to. I've always enjoyed it. If you want to go check it out, if you haven't ever been to PodFest, just go to podfestexpo.com and you can get all the deets on that. That uh, It sounds to me like they've done a pretty good job. Um, you know, last year, we didn't exhibit because 
well, we just didn't exhibit last yeah. last go around, and uh, chose chose not to. Yeah, right. and you know they did a good job in bringing the numbers back, and so we'll yeah. be there. Mackenzie and I will be there. Uh, um, it's podfestexpo.com. Podfest Expo, right? Yeah, and then the Hall of Fame. If you want to check on that website, you can go to it now. It, it it's at um, podcasthof dot com it's a podcast hall of fame and hopefully that site will be updated on monday so let's see all, if I all can, the new deets let's see if i can find uh my session when's it going to be 2.0 oh, yeah. i have to check for my name uh yeah so we're 330 to 5 it's going to yep. be our dealio I can't. I don't know where the heck mine is, because it's in subsessions. Is what you you, you got to? Yeah, let me click on my name and then. Uh, what else? Yeah. I also saw that the average cost per thousand for podcast ads for 2023 via advertised cast was 22.58, and it, I guess it represented a six percent drop year over year in CPMs. Mm. Uh, it said the December average was 22.9 from November to December. Um, so that was up a little bit. Um, I guess my the average was, was 23. 22.58. Uh, I guess my, my presentation is Saturday, right after lunch, 115. Oh, Saturday. Okay. So I don't know what, what is the, yeah, that's, I guess, oh, that's a good prime day. Yeah. So uh, awesome. Yeah, just digging through the schedule here, but gives me an extra day to tweak the presentation. <laughs> so I, I saw that uh, that uh, James linked to an article uh, titled "A Year On from the Death of Podcasting." Oh my goodness. So it it shows a tombstone with 2004 dash question mark it says 2022, the year that podcasting died. 22 was the year. Oh, that's, oh, that's, oh, so someone backdated it to 22, huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, I guess it's kind of a, a referential article that was talking about the prediction in podcasting. So we're still here. We are still here. Right. But I think he was a year late in his prediction. <laughs> you know, we've seen, what is this a fifth cycle of podcasting is dead? Oh, at least probably more. I think it happens about what, every three years or so. Someone says that Yeah, two to yeah, three years. Yep. Yeah, if, if they see something happen in the industry that they don't like, they say, oh, it, it must be dead. So, yeah. You know, and, it's, it, it, I will say that it's, it's pretty flat, but it's not dead. Right now it is. Right. Yeah. Oh, it is. There's no question, but we've been through flat periods sure. before. I don't know that the, it depends on which, how you value this, this, this market, right? Is it well, all just based on 
the number of shows and the number of advertisers, and that's all that really matters, or do the listeners well, matter? Well, the, the podcast industrial complex, it's all about the money. So if there is a, you know, if there is a, a downturn in advertising, oh my God, this, you know, that it's, and they're crying buckets, you know, because. Yeah. I had a person on Twitter, uh, send a tweet to me with a mention of that, that, um, that phrase, right. The podcast industrial complex. And I, I wrote him back and I asked him, why don't you think about that a little bit? before you post that, um, to give me a little context on what you think the podcast industrial complex actually is. Um, and, and I, I don't know what you think it is, Todd. Is it, I guess if you take the analogy of like the military industrial complex or it's or, the money machine, right? It's the, it's, it's usually a referential to big companies, right? Yeah. Well, it's, so, it's the companies that are, you know, driving the two, three, four, five billion dollars in, you know, advertising revenue. You know, that's that's the thing we lose focus on is that so yeah, but does that include all the hosting companies too? Does that include all of the advertising sales agencies? Does that include I think so. Uh, the the listening platforms is well, the podcast industrial. I don't complex. think the listing platforms because they don't derive revenue from advertising from, you know, podcast ads. As a matter of fact, they, it oftentimes they get blamed for the ads. You know, Marco's always happened to say, Hey, that, that ad came from the podcaster, not from my app. And, um, I don't know. I guess we're part of it. If you may, you know, if you consider, you know, we're doing programmatic. So I guess we're, we're part of the, the money machine. But at the same time, I'd like to think that things that we do are, uh, you know, uh, ad revenue is not by any means our primary focus. I mean, it's, it's a, it's like a 3% focus. Three, four percent, maybe five percent focus. Ninety-five percent of the rest of the focus of at least Blueberry, and I'm and I can't say that for Libsyn, but for Blueberry, it's definitely tools and services. Whereas probably Libsyn is more like fifty percent because right. of their relationship with you know having owned ad, advertise cast. Uh, I don't know about Buzzsprout or RSS.com. They you know they. They're probably like us on the advertising front. They run a little bit of programmatic, but again, right. more focused on services. Whereas Megaphone and some of those others are definitely, you know, they are definitely tied to the hip to, to, to ad revenue. So I think it, you know, depends on how you're looking at it from a, from the hosting provider side. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I posed the question to chat GPT four. What is the podcast industrial complex? Oh, it, it came back with some results, oh. but it, but it said the term podcast industrial complex isn't formally defined, but it generally refers to the rapid growing industry around podcasts. This industry includes not just the creation and distribution of podcast content, but also the surrounding ecosystem of technology platforms, advertising networks, and production services and marketing efforts. Mm. But actually, it really, 
is a is really kind of kind of referring to the whole ecosystem. Well, you know who originated the podcast industrial complex, right? <laughs> Dave and Adam. Oh, Dave and Adam, right? <laughs> right. So that's that's probably probably where it came from. But if I do um, look at the current statistics, you know, it's been a pretty rough week. Numbers are yeah. numbers oh, are yeah. 87,225 episodes in the last 3 days. Uh, that's yeah, that's that's, that, that's that's way off. You know, that's the lowest three-day average I think I've ever seen. 179. Of course, you know, it just came off New Year's. It's a, you know, in this year, New Year's was on a, you know, everything fell on a Monday. So most people were off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Right. Okay, so they and got four days. So they Some people took off a couple of days after. Yeah, too. so maybe took off Friday PTO and then took right. Tuesday. They got, you know, right. two, they got two for five. Um, you know, my company, we give every, we only work 36 hours a week now as it is. And so everyone at my company had Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. So a lot of my team members opted to take Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and half a day Friday. So, you know, they, we really set them up to maximize their PTO time. And uh, a lot of my team members don't come back until, uh, the eight. So. I'm sure a lot of people were off on vacation and I know a lot of podcasters that are on the high end. They took a whole month off. They took, you know, like from the 15th of December to January 15th, which is, um, big, but yeah, this, this show's published in the last three days, 87, in other words, shows that's not episodes, but 87,000. So think about this for a second. And where the opportunity lied for those that did an episode Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. You had lots of people, and this is what I was doing. I was, I ran out of content. All my YouTube channels that I watch weren't producing things. That's what made me go digging for, to watch a whole bunch of content, just kind of a research project. And did you, did I lose you? Oh. No, I just uh, uh, shared. Uh, this is James James Cridlin's chart of active podcast trends, um, off of the podcastbusinessjournal.com website. Okay, but so again, kinda, so the, the thing with this this chart, Rob, is the problem with it is that at a peak was at three hundred, about three hundred sixty thousand, down to three hundred and fifteen. Yeah, so you've had over the past. Yeah, it's in the last thirty days. So oh, so that's that, that's because you look at it. Where did it fall? November twenty seventh. Stuff started dropping off. It'll come back. It always does. Yeah, this. I mean, I mean that's not an unusual. No, pattern. it's not unusual. Right. That's right. only thirty days. Yeah, it's right. not unusual. Absolutely not unusual. Yeah, so we usually see a fall off um, in the month of of December. Um, but, well, for a period but, of time, there was not any for, for three, four, five years. We didn't see a drop during the holidays. Right. You know, because yeah. people, because everyone was seeking content. And so I, I've been watching my stats and I've only been doing one show a week because of the way the holiday schedule worked. And yeah. 
last Thursday, man, the shot, the show that I put out last Thursday, it, it had, bam, it had great numbers right off within 24 hours. And I'm sure this one will too, because a lot of people are, you know, it's just the way the holidays fell this year. It was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried about it. That, 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 that number's coming back. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if it starts to, to climb again as we move into late January um, and see if, if, and also Todd, if you start seeing a growth in people coming in and creating new, new podcasts, because I mean, at an increasing rate because of new year's resolutions or whatever that this year I'm going to start my podcast. <laughs> I mean, I know a couple of people that I've been kind of giving advice to for a while that are doing that. Well, so good time yeah. to start. The audience it hasn't, is. There's not as much competition. Yeah, the there. audience hasn't went anywhere. They're still here. Right. Yeah. And, and really, if anything, it's going to be interesting to see what the numbers look like around audience from the Edison research folks and sounds profitable or whatever about how audience growth. Is oh, they all went to you. They all through. went to YouTube. Right. Todd. Right. Probably, probably some of them went from YouTube to podcasting and went backwards. Back, back mm, yeah. that way again. Oh, too, can't, so. can't do that. Possible. Although I have a couple of my favorite YouTube channels that have started podcasts. I, I, one of them finally responded oh, awesome. to one of my comments and they said, tell me more about this RSS thing. It only took me about six or seven of their of their quote unquote episodes for them to finally see my comment and uh, tell me more. So I, I did tell them more. So I think that those folks are actually going to sign up for Blueberry and have their RSS feed over on Apple podcasts and everywhere else podcasts can be consumed. I'm, and I'm like, you know, they didn't know. They really did not know. Interesting. But they didn't know. They didn't know. Yeah. Really? We're supposed to do that? And I'm like, what do you have? Okay, can you, here's, here's the thing that I, here's how I tricked them. I said, take your iPhone and look for your show in the podcast app. And they're like, we're not in there. And I'm like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, what happened here? Oh. So, yeah. So, tell your favorite YouTube channels <laughs> that they should be an Apple podcast, too. Hound them every, every, hound them every video yeah, release. it is. It is shocking and surprising to me that a lot of, there's a lot of podcasts that don't think to be an Apple. Well, they, they live in, they live feeding the. In Spotify. The, they live feeding the beast. Yeah. And they get the type of numbers over there where they're being heavily monetized. You know, they're making big money over there. So. So we have seen a little bit of fall off in Apple's Delivery of podcasts, right? Somebody, uh, uh, you said no, but 
there's plenty of other folks we'll have, that have said we'll have our, been a fall off. We'll have our numbers. Let me let me see if I can go over and look. Let's see here. Can I do it from here? Uh, may not be able to do it from here. Oh, I gotta go to this site. I don't want to say that URL out loud. So Tata, after this thing that you're digging up, um, let's talk a little bit about what we think we should be trying to accomplish in podcasting in 2024. All right. So why don't you go ahead and start? Let me see if I can find this. Well, I think one of the things is that it's probably worth a, a, a revisiting of podcast metrics um, and, and trying to f- figure out if as an industry, we can come together and really come up with a standard. Um, because I think we're under pressure a little bit from the OP3 folks as they have come up with a standard. Um, and I know that the IAB metrics guidelines, the key word in that name is guidelines, not standard, right? Um, it is a standard. And yeah, but we've always couched it, Todd, yeah, over I, I the know, years I know, I know. to be not a standard. So, because nobody could agree, right? Right. So that was always the caveat and what, you know, it was basically a way to appease all the arguments <laughs> to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. Around what that should look like. <laughs> and also, you know, accepting the fact that there was going to be some variability between platforms. But I'm just wondering if that is a, a you know, a noose around our neck. No. That's being, being used against us now. Not because the OP3 folks have very few shows that are being measured on the platform. They, if they were, yeah, but that's not my point, Todd. I mean, my point is, is that that variability between hosting platforms on the guidelines is a vulnerability. Advertisers uh, are, it's not a vulnerability. Advertisers have spreadsheets. Well, Agencies. it's a vulnerability in perception because people are thinking that the metric standards need to change. Um, who thinks the metrics the need to change? Who thinks the metrics need to change? Lots of people. I I hear comments. Well, then they need then the they time. then they need to speak up at the IEB meetings. Well, that's kind of my bigger point, Todd. Is that the industry needs to come together and come up with an actual standard that everybody adheres to. Rob, uh, Rob, options for this way of doing it, <laughs> options for that way of doing it, and then some people have different opt opt out bot lists than other people. White lists, black lists. People have different. You know. It creates what we were trying to. No one is ever going to agree to share all their secret formulas and how they measure. They're it's gonna, not about sharing secret formulas, Todd. And I think that's, that's where we're going sideways here is, is that, you know, if we're going to have consistent metrics across the industry and our, these platforms shouldn't compete based on metrics. They're not. That was always the goal of the IAB was to take metrics off the table. Yeah, that's, and it, I haven't heard no one complain about deltas between blueberry and libsyn and differences but between they us exist but, but it's very they... very small very tiny okay. differences that's always the argument todd is that so, oh, oh those differences are very small yeah a couple but, percentage points so so by what? saying that you're saying you're admitting that there is differences well that's and for us that is the sales that is a sales advantage i understand Todd, also that you don't want to invest in, in making changes or share your secrets. So no, no way. Kind of, not, kind of another aspect. Of n- this not, not a, not a day. 
No, I got millions of dollars wrapped up in my stat system. No way. No way what? No way I'm sharing. That's kind of, that's kind of my point. We're leaving ourselves open for mm. criticism. No, there's no criticism. Have not heard of a criticism I hear it all the time, a, Todd. from I who? Mean, you just not, from podcasters. You don't hear it from agencies. They're not complaining. Are, look at what just happened with Apple. Guess what? Guess what? Great You're sales advantage nothing, for me. Nothing changed on your platform, but 6% changed on Lipson's platform. Yep. Because guess what? They're not investing. What do you mean they're not, not investing? Not investing in improving their stats platform. How do you know that, Todd? Well, they had a six percent difference. If they would, if they wouldn't have, if they had, if they didn't have, if they would have planned, if they would have built into their system overqualification, they okay. Yeah, but there's no standards. So yeah, there how is would a standard. Anybody know what what is consistent across? The there industry? is a standard. The problem is, it's the minimum standard. It's the minimum requirement. That's what people yeah, but, need to realize. It's the minimum. Yeah. But yet, if you look at all of the other IAB metrics standards, not just podcasts, they are, they are strict standards. Well, here's the thing. Podcast is the, is the outlier. And they will never, ever, MRC will never, ever certify a podcast host because it comes from log data, not from client data. MRC, anything that MRC oh, qualifies is all based on client data. And you're not going to get client data from Apple, from YouTube. So why did the MRC come into this conversation? MRC is what's made all the other, all the other mediums more tight. Okay. Well, that also plays into a narrative that's not good for, for. Well, for the MRC the has said for years they're not going to do it. Because right. which is also because, a vulnerability. No, it's not a vulnerability. Well. It's a fact. Podcasting is a different medium type. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I guess we're going to continue to be criticized by the ad buyers. I have not heard an ad buyer criticize numbers in years. Haven't heard it. Okay. Well, then that means that the ad sales folks are 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 doing that for them somehow. So how do, yeah. So how do you justify different metrics from different platforms? So let's say a show moves from platform B to platform C. Yep. Right. And the ad buyer knows that platform C has different numbers than platform B or usually the, the usually the ad buyer has a spreadsheet. Right. Right. So I, I hear people in the ad, I mean, I think if, if you were to talk to Brian Berletta or you would talk to anybody on the well, ad, here's, ad here's industry the problem. side, Brian, they would say that there's a problem. Well, with the Brian, yeah, because Brian isn't in the trenches and doesn't understand where we've been. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And plus, yeah. you're never going to get to where you want to be without client side data. Until, okay. until. Until all well, that's, that's driving the narrative of pushing towards proprietary distribution. Here, Todd. Well, that would be not open. Well, then that's, well, guess what? Then go ahead. Knock yourself the hell out. No, no. 
No, no, I'm not saying that, that that's what I want. I'm saying talking about client-side data is talking about proprietary platforms. That's why Spotify has an advantage. Yeah. Because, because they, they have all the client-side data. Listener, listener-side data, which is... See, which, how's that working out for them? Well, it also is a point <laughs> of that they can they can drive a, a, a wedge against how we're doing sure. it. Because it's they so, already are sporadic and so yep. inconsistent they, they already are it's easy easy to criticize yeah they already and, are and pull and, and pull budgets back from yeah there are they uh, already are right but is that helping who is that helping not very many podcasters which part the client the only people again the only people that are worried about download and play numbers are podcasters mm-hmm. that are running advertising in their shows which still remains a very small minority of podcasts. For the ninety-five so, percent of the other shows, they don't care. So why why wouldn't we, as an industry, want to have a metric standard that's across? They the will never agree to a tighter standard. I'm not saying tighter. Oh, it has. I'm to just be. saying. How do I get? Well, how do? How did I not have a big drop? Because I have a tighter standard that I run. Well, that's a race to lower numbers, right? Absolutely. So is that what everybody wants is a, is, is a spiral race to the lowest number? Do you think? Okay. So let's say, let's just take one variable in the IEB spec, just one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is something OP3 can't get because they don't have the log data. Let's say that I say to qualify something as a player, listen, that we, that, that, mm-hmm. that you have to have 20% of that media file delivered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think that's going to do to people's revenue? Instead of one minute. It's, right. It's going to cause it to drop. Exactly. So if, if one platform does that, but another platform makes it, you know, a, a smaller number, then there's a discrepancy between those two platforms that then puts us right back into where we were nope. before we ever had the it means IEP. my podcasters perform better. Well, that could be the case. Yeah. I agree with you on that, but that's not the metric that, that things are oftentimes looked at on the advertising side. The, uh, I mean, the advertiser, are ultimately, the advertisers the are always at the beginning. Of the, the advertisers game. are always going to back it out and see what their CPA was if they're on a DR. Right. No, I I agree. After the campaign is done, yeah. I'm talking about on the buy side, on the buy end. Are how are they going to evaluate? We've been running for eight. We've been running for eighteen years. I know. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen years almost now without client side data and it is what we're still seeing platforms take big haircuts after all these years look at what happened to lipson look what happened to other platforms that got caught in this ios 17 right they got exposed right sure is having weak metrics not having weak metrics. Granted, if you not, not you having, made it through there unscathed, that's, not having a, that's, not having that's kudos to you. Not having weak metrics, having having 
not analyzed deep enough. Okay, fair enough. So, so we want to keep keep it as a competitive tool. In for me, it's a competitive landscape. tool. Right. I always tell podcasters moving to us, prepare for your numbers to go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a... It can be a frustrating thing for a podcaster. I mean, sure. we've seen this a lot, Todd. We've seen platforms take haircuts repeatedly over the years. Yep. And some put it off, put it off, put it off. And then years later, they got hit yep. with a big one. And they lost a lot of their podcasters because of it. So it's, it's, a, it's, it, it's a gamble, the industry not having a strict standard across the industry. So because OP3 uses redirects, their numbers, just like our redirect, yeah. is always going to be well, lower than the hosted old, data. They're doing it the only way they can do it. Right, right. Until they start processing raw log data from podcasters. Or if that, whatever that methodology that they have gets turned into a standard that's implemented on other platforms. Yeah, so it, but the problem That is would be the only other way of doing it. It's not going to be because no one's going to buy into that. Got, people are already too much, too heavily invested in the IEV for better or for worse. Well, yeah. And, and I think that the, the worst part is how expensive it is. It's, it's prices come down considerably. It's not like oh, it, it it, what it was. Okay. okay. I think the renewal this year is going to be around, I don't, I don't know, 7,000 or something like that. Oh, okay. A renewal. For a member. Just a renewal, but you still have to pay the IEB yeah. fees. Fee, right. and, you know, so it's still, in the end, a big check to write. At what point does that become less valuable? I don't know. There's a new, there's a new guideline that is being Come drafted on. right now, so. Okay. Is but, there a timeline, timeline when that might be think, out? I think they're probably, come the new year, at some point, there's a, I can't go into the latest meeting. Yeah. But okay. at some then, point, it'll be made for public review. And will that be a, a significant change? Will it bring us closer I, to I can't, a, I can't, two, I, I, to more of a uniform kind of minimum, standard, min, the no? minimum download still a minute. So, oh, it is, okay. But yeah, I, can't, but that, I can't go into any more details than that, Rob. It's that. It's that two hour versus 24 hours. What creates all the variability? Um, well, I mean, a chunk of it might be well, the, right the, way of saying the 24 it. hour stuff is fair. Um, just based on pure, pure statistics in that, again, the number of times you see the same IP with the same user agent twice is very yeah, very it's low. Two hours, you're you're going to see that oh, yeah. more frequently. Yeah, but right? but twenty four hours. Or I think the twenty four hours number is safe. That's a good minimum. Yeah. But I if you want to have higher numbers, then you opt in for the two hour. Well, you 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 can't be certified if you're doing two hours. I thought that that was the optional range. No, no, there's no optional range. Just twenty four hours. There's no oh. optional range. Okay, twenty four hours is the number. Some people might be doing two hours, but it's not, that's not an IV certified number. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Cause I always heard that that mm-hmm. was, those, those were the two options. No, it's 24 hours. Had to choose one or the other. Yeah. 24 hours. Matter of fact, that was quite, 
in the early days of the discussions on that was quite the if you think about it you you have to get that's a big difference in you the get numbers, 30 plus probably. companies in the same room to agree on a document is very very difficult the politics behind getting 30 companies to say yes we'll put our name on this is very very difficult no. so it could be tighter but mm-hmm. again if it's tighter then what do you do start taking money out of people's pockets because the numbers are lower. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that is a, that's a, that's kind of a self-destructive process too, because then it, it drives people to not want to support the standard either. So the, the, you know, the iOS 17 was definitely an anomaly, but it was based upon back catalog. Now there's some other stuff that's happened with iOS 17 that have affected the numbers a little bit too. Mm-hmm. So the change has been good in that regard. Right. Right. But every app does different has different rules on how many episodes it downloads and how far back in the catalog. So every app has a if there was just one app. Mm-hmm. But there's not. That's where right. Spotify has advantage. They have one app. There's not variability between any of their stuff. They know exactly what they've got. We've got 100 apps, and there's variability on how those apps work, how they download the data when it's if there's follow or subscribe, you know, preload or whatever they do. There's 100 mm-hmm. different variabilities that no other industry has to put up with. YouTube doesn't do that. YouTube's got one number because everyone's on the same system. Podcasting is unique because we're distributed because it's a, it's, it's open. It's, you know, you, every Dick, Tom and Harry has built a podcast app. Mm -hmm. So the numbers will never be completely perfect unless there's just one company that ends up selling all advertising to podcasts, and then they'll rig the numbers however way they want. Right. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, it's interesting. But, you know, this is not the first time there's been a haircut that's been taken by no platforms. I don't, I can't remember the last one. The other was last one was a big when we actually implemented the standard. That's when the haircut big haircuts were taken because we got it tighter because there was haircuts all over the place. Well, it was the haircuts that came about through the shift in support for the IAB metric right, standard. Right. Right. So it made a big adjustment. Really brought the haircuts. It, yeah. Made a big adjustment then. You yeah. Know, some so. of the platforms took, took incremental steps in that. Right. That's right. right. They, would, they didn't want to have it all of a sudden done at one time. Yeah, so it stepped right. down over six months. <laughs> right. But that, that just extended the pain over, over a year. Versus you know, and, getting it done. And here's the funny part. We went first. I know you did. Yeah. You know, we went first along with NPR. So, yeah. you know, and I think we took a little haircut in that first round in implementing the specs. We learned from some of that too. And that's when yeah. I said, okay, let's go deeper. Let's look, let's overqualify this stuff. Let's make sure we're, and I don't want to do this again. <laughs> right. And you know, who knows, maybe I've missed something and maybe at some point we'll find something that we missed and you, you never know. Yeah. You know, but you know, in the early we had the advantage of the early days where everyone was trying to do fraud. So, you know, we had fraud prevention built in before we had actual good measurement stuff. <laughs> you know, we yeah. put more investment into fraud than we did on uh you know, 
was it more kind of kind of bots? Too? <laughs> yeah, bots and you know, and fraudulent people, clicks. Yeah, right. people running the click farms. You know, so that was you know we put a lot of investment in that before we even really looked at you know some of the other stuff. You know, because the fraud was fifty percent. <laughs> yeah, I'm not seeing as many um, people pitching buying downloads anymore. So I don't know about you. It's I plays. So they've all switched to the word play, but it's still a download. Okay. So they are still selling plays is what you're saying. Yeah. Plays is the, that's how people are. Cause selling. I haven't seen it in my inbox of people pitching that. Yeah. Lately. Everyone's everyone. A, a play, they just changed the word. Download okay. and play are the same word. It's just, they just changed the word. Or it's now it's impression. No, it's not. That's, that's one person that's going to be severely impacted by doing that. That's, oh, you think that, so? I think so. I think that's a very, I think that's very, 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 very bad idea. But that's what the advertisers want, Todd. That's uh, what okay. the brands want. No, they, they don't. They want to buy the smart. Buy they don't. They don't. They know they're still getting. Okay. An impression is a play and a, a play is a download. Same word. Same meaning. You get, th- you get th- very three different, but three different connotation, but it's, it's a connotation, but right. guess what? Impressions. I, I, that's the last thing I want to sell. My website had 22,000 impressions today. Okay, great. We'll give you a buck 75. Yeah. That's, that's the worst thing you could ever call. I, I don't have to worry about it. I'm not involved in that stupidity. Right. And I think it's a very bad idea. I think people that decide to go that, they're not following the standard. Yeah, because the standard doesn't refer to impressions. No. Right. But yeah, I think it's, it's easier to sell, sell inventory if you tell an advertiser that they're getting an ad impression. Well, right? okay. that's what they've been, that's what a lot of these brands have been sold on the, on the player I am okay guess what that's and they're just that'll be a faster race to the bottom because in <laughs> oh my god yeah wait yeah. till the CPMs drop like a rock well that's what that's what Norm at Podcast One wanted to do many many years ago right was well he was counting by sixes anyway so so that's so how he a, that's how he made up more the, money in his pocket, that's how he right? made up no that's how but at the same time I was going into media buyers and they were showing me a spreadsheet and they were discounting his inventory. So they were saying, so they're like, okay, they're giving me 28 and they're giving him 11 or 10 or nine or seven because they know he's over counting. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing now. I can't speak to what they do today. Yeah, I don't. This is, still this is a long Knox. time ago. This is podcast one. This is what we're talking about. Yeah. So I don't know if they've, I don't think they're IAB. No, they're not. They remain not. Right. But they were on all those calls. Oh, you know, and I can't go into the, boy, those calls would make a great podcast. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm bound. I can't. Uh, we just all know it was lively. 
Well, and I think if, you know, in the context of what we, what we just talked about was that if you take the context of all those phone calls, all those group calls that were had, um, to, to really think that we can come up with a, and agreed to across the industry metric standard is probably, you know, it was a, it was a series (laughs) of compromises. Right. And that's probably putting it kindly. Um, compared to really what it was, <laughs> right? So it was more like this is the way it's going to be, and no, and, I'll I'll go back and out it, and I'll just say it, Angela Mendoza. I mean, a group of people there had to come together to make Angelo, that happen because right, Angela Mendoza at NAB talked about this years before. He came armed with spreadsheets and printouts. To podcast movement and present. And it was at NAB, and they all got in a room together. It was about 100 degrees and battled it out. And he beat them. (laughs) In other words, they could no longer. They couldn't. Not physically, but. No. They could no longer. Beat them with data. Beat them with data. They, They could no longer push the agenda that was being pushed. The reason that Blueberry, Libsyn, and PodTrack joined the IEB is because other people were trying to ramrod something through that wasn't derived from the data. Was not derived from data. So Rob, (laughs) Rob Freeland, Mark McCurry, Angelo, and some, and basically became the thorn. And a whole bunch of companies' sides to squeeze the, the thresholds to get to a compromise point that they are today. Yeah. Not, a, not that the the spec, the original spec. I Angela deserved a damn medal for going in there. And I, you know, and maybe, I don't know if Rob Freeland would agree, but that's where change. After that meeting, things changed and we made progress. Yeah. That was a long time ago. It was, was it, uh, 2015, 2016? Somewhere around there. 2016, yeah. Was it perfect? No. Was it a minimum? Kind of. Mm-hmm. Kind of. So when yeah. people were looking at a two-hour window and had to switch to a 24-hour window, they took one heck of a haircut. Major haircut. There were some probably some lawsuits flying around back then. Because of it, too. No. If I recall. No. Um, but, well, you were brought in to do some audits. Some, right? yes. Yeah. Those came, there came out of inflated there wasn't, numbers. There wasn't lawsuits, but there was voluntary, oh. um, how should we say it? Make, Val- make goods? Voluntary uh, check writing. Right. Voluntary check writing. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to avoid lawsuits. Right. Yes. That's all I'll yeah. say about that. 
yep. and was put in the middle of some very uncomfortable situations. Yeah. Media buyers, you know, let's just let's just put it this way. Advertisers have known since the beginning of time that things adjust over time. It's happened in display. It's happened mm-hmm. everywhere. There's been adjustments. It's a wild, wild west. Things get tightened up. Things get tightened up. There's adjustments. It's just part of doing business in the advertising space because this stuff happens. So advertisers right. are kind of used to it. In the end, if the advertiser, here's the ultimate. If the advertiser was happy with the results, if they feel they got their money's worth, there's no issue. Right. So let's say we've just now taken this new haircut. They should be more yeah. happy now with performance. Right. right. So there'll be a new, a new performance level. And in return, actually, if it's all, if it all comes out in the wash correctly, CPM should nudge up. If they don't, then the advertisers win because they're getting more for their money that they're spending. If, if CPMs don't edge up, if you think about it in the early days, CPMs were 20, 22, 23, 25. That was pretty normal. They haven't changed. And we've taken all these haircuts, all number of haircuts over the years. Guess what? The advertisers have won because they're getting more value for the same amount of money now. And they're not right. upping their budgets. Right. So it, it comes out in the wash. And they don't ever give it back. They don't ever... You would think CPMs would have rose, but they've never rose. Yet some shows demand a premium. Some shows get way beyond 25. Some shows get under 25. Yeah. It depends on the show. Depends on the show. And the genre, too. And where it's hosted. And, you know, you know. So I don't have to fight with the media buyers anymore. I don't do that. I don't, I don't have to do it. So, I, I think. Yeah, so, in, Todd, go oh, go, go ahead. Go I, ahead I, finish your thought. You know, I, the, the new guidelines are going to come out. We're all going to go through another round of certification. All our systems are going to be checked and run through the ringer. If we've missed something, the auditors are going to find it. And then it's up to the IEB to explain or to say, Hey, we, we, you know, we've got everyone aligned. And then in the end, when I'm in front of a media buyer, I can say my stats are a little bit better because. And in that regard, then my performance should be just a little bit better. And if it is, then we'll go down in their spreadsheet and we, there'll be a certain formula, but against my, inventory because mm-hmm. they all do it they have their spreadsheets every vendor that they run against every host they all have their adjustment because when the media buyers aren't stupid when they're running on 100 shows on blueberry 100 shows on libsyn 100 shows on PodTrack, and they perform differently <laughs> 
Why do they perform differently? Well, because maybe the numbers are just a little bit different. So they, they adjust, they come back and say, okay, here's your, here's your contract. Here's your CPM. And they, they average it out in the end. Yeah. Todd, a lot of my comments, um, on this topic about the metrics and things like that, um, somewhat came from an article that was posted by Oxford road, oh, you know, yeah. the big ad, ad buying agencies. Yep. And they, they ran down, um, the, the situation with the IAB download, right. And, and the title of the article was the lowdown on the download. And they basically just ran through, uh, this, you know, the topic that we just kind of covered to some degree was that downloads are not impressions. They totally agree with that. Um, and that that just because something was downloaded completely doesn't mean that it was ever heard. That's right. Right. So I think we all agree on that. Um, but their, their bottom line to this was that this lack of standardization leaves the industry susceptible to fraud and, and manipulation of the numbers, creating a misleading impression that advertisers are receiving more than what they actually got delivered. Well, that's, 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 that's directly and, and, from their article. And when that happened last time, guess who was being called? You. Best thing for Oxford Road to do is to hire a Blueberry or hire PodTrack or whoever you trust the most and say, I need a commercial account. Run your own prefixes. Give them to all, across all the, all the shows. If yeah, but you, that doesn't solve the core it, issue. It that they gives have. it gives them a number to work. It from. just gives them a different number, but it's based on the same methodology. But it's based upon they get the same number for all the shows running all their ad deals. So they, as a company, can work off one standard and not have to work off six different reports they get from six different providers. They get their own report. I, I think where the variability comes into play here is, is that just because a media file or an ad was delivered, um, doesn't mean it was heard. And one of the right. variables that they don't know is what's the audience engagement of, of episode completion, um, right. Of listening. Right. And, and there's no way for anybody to know except for a player platform to, no, to know that currently. No, right? we know a, we know of a sample it's an estimate. It's a, it's, it's a estimate. sample of each show. We can say right. that 8% or 9% of this show's audience got to 78% mark. Of download. That's all you can see. Of you active can't see play. plays. Yeah, we can see plays. Again, it's a small sample. That's what we have retention data for. This is something no one else has. It's something that we built. And again, it's a small sample. Seven or eight. Based on, yeah, so where, well, where are you pulling that log, data from? Log data. No, no, but where, where, where was the consumption experience for the listener? On a variety of different apps when they click play, not when they hit follow. So how can you definitively tell between the, the process of a download versus a process of a play? Depends. And that's when the part of the secret formula that we've run for a number of years to get that data. And again, every application does a little different behavior. So wouldn't we want to have that 
for the whole industry. Great. Right. Pay me well, for it. I, give me 10 million. I'll give you the okay. formula. Okay. So if that's true, <laughs> Todd, then there is a pathway forward for the industry to address this. Concern, but it's a right? sample. It's a sample of the data. It's not for, for 90%. It's downloaded within seconds. Right. It's a so same. really what you're counting is, is playback that happens on slow connections. Well, we're also, no, no, not all that. Again, every app is different in how it consumes data when it's actively hit play. Every app has a different. Every app is different, Todd? Mm, some of them are both together and do things kind of similarly, but I'll just leave it at that. Someone else go do the research. <laughs> but you can see a certain segment of content that is chunked out and it's, it's not completely accurate. So if someone has, is actively listening to a show right, and so how they, do we solve this problem? Todd? We, we don't. Not from we a get, competitive okay. So how do we, so you have to have client side data. You have to. So example, but, let's yeah, say but you just told me that there is a pathway. Well, there is, there is for a segment of data, but let's say someone has listened to, 30 minutes of a show, mm -hmm. it's already chunked ahead a little bit. Mm -hmm. So even there, there's some wiggle room. They hit stop. Mm -hmm. We've already delivered maybe, let's say, of an hour program, and they're at 35 minutes. Maybe the, 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 they've already chunked up to 42 minutes. So even right. within that data, there is some variability. Well, because Todd, by by not deploying this industry-wide, you know what we're doing is we're handing the keys over to the proprietary platforms to come in and say, you guys well, weren't able to well, do this. We're going to have to do it. And, and, and we're going to get all the advertising. Okay, so because, let's, go back right. to, let's go back then to talk about what failed. Rad failed. This was an attempt by NPR to get this data. And Agreed. And it fails. This is a way around having to do red. But, but you'll never get, you will never, it's already been attempted, you'll never get the top 10 podcast apps to provide client-side data. You'll never get yeah, but, app. But on a proprietary ecosystem, you don't have to, Todd. It oh, I know that. It just means that, but it Apple, Apple has their data, sure. Spotify has their data, Sirius has their data. And those folks are the only people that can sell advertising well, uh, no, because the advertisers no. are looking for play data. And you have to go to every other non-big player like that and say, give us client-side data, and then you're going to get 10% picture just like we've got a 10% picture in retention data. Well, I can tell you Spotify has complete picture. Of course. Stuff. So does Apple. Right. They right. Have, they've so, all got that information. So it's not a sample. It's no. the complete, of course. complete view, of right? course. which is a competitive advantage but, for but those platforms around It's not sales. a competitive advantage because 95% of podcasters on Spotify are not getting a dime. No, no. Yeah, I'm not talking about So that. as I'm soon as podcasters learn that Spotify is never going data. to pay them. Then I'm they talking about data, Todd. I'm know, not talking I about know. revenue. I know, so. but it, it ultimately leads to revenue. Or lack of, like you just made sure, the point. Sure, lack of. So that's even more of a reason to do this from an industry perspective. But you're not, not going to be able a, to do it from industry standard. You, uh, Rob, you go ahead and spearhead. Okay, but you just told me that okay, it was possible okay, but, to but, do that. Okay, but again, right. go to 
they're still not going to be satisfied. So go to Marco and okay. say, Marco, we want you to tell us when a, po a podcast listener hits stop. You know what he's going to tell you? Use my app. He probably won't say that. He just won't respond. He'll say no. He doesn't like advertising to begin with. Go to Pocket well, Cast and yeah. say, we want. That's a different argument. We want yeah. client side data. No, they're not going to give it to you. If they were smart, they would sell it. Right, right. That was my next comment. They would was, sell well, it back. What's the pathway? Yeah, they would, they would sell it back to those companies that need that data. Right. And then you'd have to have the listeners opt in to have that data shared. So I and, guess the bigger question is, 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 it, is this situation going to persist for the next 20 years? Yep. And we're never going to do anything about it. Not going to get fixed. Why? It won't. It's just the nature of being open and it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Okay. Hey, but there's a likelihood that because we didn't evolve this, that it will get. It's going to hurt. Closed, the, it's going to hurt. Closed. Well, then it's going to hurt those that are. Revenue dependent upon advertising. All the more reason for people not to be so beholden to advertising. I just think it's bad. Overall, it's bad for the we've had the same, We've had the same conversation right. every year, Rob. This is this is the same. I know we have, but but now it's coming up again, and we're in a new environment now, and and advertisers, I think, are becoming much more. Much more well, they've already been educated. Demanding that, of, of well, they can of, demand all of the they industry want. to compete. Well, with, they've um, already other other media that's giving them. They've that. already demanded to give attribution. They've already got that. They're not going to get mm -hmm. it. They can wish all they want. Okay, wish in one hand, advertiser, and poop in the other. And guess what? You're not going to get it. If you want it, go to go to YouTube, go to Spotify, spend all your money there. Okay, that's the answer. Okay. That's I don't the think answer. there's going to be a lot of people in the industry that'll agree with you on that. Oh, I'm sure they won't, but guess what? There's no way other way. Someone tell me how to get there. There isn't a way to get there. Well, one way is to do like you just said that you're doing. Then spend the money and build the system to do it. Okay. I'm not giving it away. Right. And again, it's a sample. Is not, it's a piece of it. Mm -hmm. And there's some, there's some, there's some, there's a wedge of uncertainty. How much further right. they hit stop at 30 minutes and maybe they've already chunked to 42 minutes. Right. So it's, oh, on a 60 minute program, my folks got to uh, 45 minutes. Well, maybe they didn't. Maybe they got to 30. We don't know. Mm -hmm. We can't answer that. We know right. they're kind of close. So even the retention data has a margin of error. Right. Put your advertising in early. I just think as an industry, we're, we're playing with our future. Well, until someone comes out with an app that claims 97% of the listening audience, you're never going to get this data. Okay. Unless the industry is willing to write a check. To who? The app developers. Say, give us this data. Put in this system where your listeners come in. So imagine, here's the experience. on. Let's say they they give Marco a big, fat check. 
something he can't can't walk away from. Seals his okay. future. Let's say it's ten million dollars a year. Marco's going to put in his system when people log into the app for the first time. Do you want your play data reported back to the podcaster that's running advertising their show? Do you want them to know that you heard the ad and know your play habits? Yes or no? And about so, yeah. and a percentage isn't the other like on like like the music platforms and aren't they doing? Yeah, because like because they have it in the terms of service. Read through page right. eighty two. It's already in there. You're right. already giving it up. Right. So there's this trade off. This is the there thing we this is the thing right. we've been dealing with since two thousand and five. That's right, and it never gets any better. That's the problem. It doesn't. So and, we we and every year every year we keep having this same argument. And the reason halfway forward. And and here's another thing is crazy about the retention data. Depends mm -hmm. on your audience makeup and where they're listening. Because if they have their audience on a certain app, the retention data that I have might be one or two percent. Because guess what? <laughs> as soon as they hit play. <laughs> Right. You know, you know, it just downloads it immediately. And yeah. it depends on the app. Hit play. Oh, I can get this chunk data, the series of apps to give me this information. This is not rocket yeah. science. Mm. Yeah. In some apps, again, you hit play and it looks like a download. Yeah, that's interesting. But, but you can't get that without log data. You can't get, you have to have raw log data to get this minimal amount of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting how yeah. And sometimes the apps change. <laughs> New version comes out, all of a sudden, hmm, guess what I'm not getting anymore? Yeah. Retention data. Or app changes. Oh, they did something. Become more efficient with bandwidth. Apps mm -hmm. that are efficient with consumers' bandwidth are the ones we get retention data from. So I encourage you, if you're an app developer, we love it when you're really considerate of active plays of, of only taking the amount of data that you need to give mm -hmm. them the audio that they are listening to. Hint, hint, hint. Yeah. 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 So just, you know, I think we're going to continue hearing this, this chime of change. Um, well, they're, they're making from. billions of dollars so these companies can afford to uh, write some checks to um, these app developers to get this client-side data. Yeah. Well, you're, you're that not, would be uh, one, one answer. One, you. You're not going to pay it to Apple. You're not going to do it for Spotify. You're not going to get it from iHeart because they're all got their own internal data. You're not going to get it from Amazon. And the subset of apps, so you're going to get maybe 10, 15%. That'll be your sample. And then you got to ask all the apps that make up that 10 or 15%, got to write them a check so that they provide client data and a specification that is similar to RAD. <laughs> and every company is going to have to write their own check because they're going to have to write protocols to send Blueberry data. They're going to have to send Libsyn data. They're going to have to send Podbean data, have to send PodTrack data without intermixing the streams mm -hmm. so that becomes very complicated yeah i think at one point i think we all <laughs> talked about having like a oh, like yeah. an entity that sits in the middle of the industry. that entity it's, will have to be paid for 
Right. So you want rad, it, it Rob, funneled, is what you want. <laughs> well, rad was more of a player. Um, but rad a was a kind, kind of a player that, that, that reported back to the hosting. Yeah. Platform. Blueberry's player reports back right. to us. This, that's not what really what we're talking about. I know, here. but the player was, had to be implemented by developers in order to do this. Right. They actually had to replace their existing that's, players that's that they right. had right, right now. And so what you're talking about here is actually taking the data from their existing players. Absolutely. Not replacing it with and, the rad. And, and I think and, where, where we went sideways on the rad stuff was that this new player had, had vulnerabilities in it. Well, well, and here's another thing that you're up against. Most apps have no server infrastructure. It's on the phone. You subscribe to a podcast. They go out to Apple Podcasts, get different. They don't have a server. You mean the apps don't have a supporting server? Nope. For their a lot of their apps. Infrastructure? Nope. A lot of apps run standalone. They make a call out to Apple Podcasts. They make, they don't have, they don't have infrastructure. Marco does. Yeah. So I, that's what I was going to say. I think any kind of modern platform that has mm -hmm. any kind of infrastructure has a database that drives the, the database the comes from Apple. No, that's just an eight. That's just a access to the data. That's right. But they don't have the their core. Own, the, most of these apps do not have their own. Why, why run it when you can just do the API call back to well, Apple? Why? To I mean, I've talked to a lot of these developers too, and they have their own SQL database. And what they do is they do a query against the Apple APIs, pull I, the data I, in, and I then think, parse it I out. I think very few do that. Oh, we have, okay. have to ask the app developers how many do. I think a lot of them run standalone. I mean, it's so easy now to get a SQL database and but again, plug it I into think a, app. But right. the cost of money, and when they're not making any money on their apps, it's it's an overhead cost. To run that server. I just don't I just don't think that the Apple APIs would actually support that. Well, I think it does. Um, Again, I'm not like a, a real time call against oh, their whole oh, catalog. They're not making a call in that on a whole catalog. Well, that that's what you would want if well, you had they, your own well, app, right? I don't know what again, I'm sure most of those apps have a base catalog already in their system. Right. So they had to populate it. Through pulling the APIs over yeah, time again, I and don't. That data has to go somewhere. I, mean, yeah. I guess it could go directly to the app. Well, I have to, you have to talk to an app developer. I'm not, but I'm. I my understanding is most apps don't have mm -hmm. a lot of. Well, if they do, it's minimal. Right. No. No. I'm not saying it's extensive database. It's just kind of like a basal basic SQL that has maybe a you know half so, dozen. To get, so to get what you want, you have to have a whole new set of logging and parsing and that's that's a heavy lift that's all, yes all you're doing is capturing what is in the item lists of the of the rss feeds and you're pulling that data and you're probably probably not even pulling the image you're actually probably pulling a link to the image yep, um, potentially all right hey rob we're anyway we're, we're long, long. <laughs> okay and all right well, what well, I thought it was a good show. I think we yeah. talked about a lot of a lot of important topics going forward into the new year, and there's certainly a million more to talk about. But that's that's for more episodes, right? Yeah. <laughs>
All right, everybody. Thanks for being here. No show next. Well, Rob will be on his own next week. Yeah, yeah. I'll 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 try and do an episode about the Hall of Fame next week. So all right. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. I'm Todd right. at blueberry.com at Geek News on X at Geek News at geeknews.chat on Mastodon. Yeah, and I have my own website at Rob Greenley, or not at, but robgreenley.com. And then I'm on Twitter at Rob Greenley. Um, and you can send me an email if you want, robgreenly at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. And I'm sure Todd would love to hear from you too. Um, you know, share any tips or anything that you see going on. And it's always good to hear from you. And at the Thanks. same time, um, I'm doing a, my tech show a day early because I'm about to embark on Take travel. So, uh, about an hour from now, Geek News Central will be live for those of you that are here. So, uh, hang out. And uh, we'll be back on the air in about an hour with that show. So, uh, oh, you will. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, Tom. prep starts immediately. And then I'm post processing two shows at the end of this show. So, I'm going to be here until late. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. Love to hear your commentary. Yeah. Send us some boost on the, uh, on the show today. Thanks, everybody. Right. We'll see you next time. All right. Thanks. Bye.